When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Oh, baby. Baby. Woo. We got a big one today. The Dutch Grand Prix is coming up. Do Ferrari have a hope in hell of catching up with those Red Bulls? I don't know. I don't know. But all I do know is that it is episode 191. Woo. is right ladies and gentlemen i'm just flying in right now that's why it's a bit choppery yes that is a word flying in from the palais in the south of france landing here at the pirc the pimp international racing circuit ready to bring you episode 199 no what 99 no 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 191 nine to go to the big two hundo is what they're all saying out there the 43 million here at the Pimp International Racing Circuit, the PIRC. And we have a lot on offer for you today on the show. We're going to be talking about Danny Rick and his time at McLaren this year to see whether or not it was entirely his fault. We're also going to be looking at some stats of the week that'll blow your damn mind, as well as previewing the absolute banger this weekend with the Dutch Grand Prix preview and Crofty's Love Files. Just a Add a nice little bow onto that package that is this beautiful episode. So without further ado, we need to hand the mic over to a man. A man that likes to do it underneath a windmill while keeping his clogs on. A man that loves to give the love interests a cheeky little Dutch oven while mating. That man. Els, Mr. David Croft, take it away, Crofty. It's lights out and away we go. Once a week. One man emerges from the pit lane to deliver all the news, discussion, and results of Formula One. Well, that time has arrived. Sit back, relax, for the Park It In My Fermé show. Here is your host, Colby. Oh, my lord. That is right, ladies and gentlemen. Hold on tight with both hands because it is your main squeeze. 
Jeez, Cordy, aka the Cordopotamus, and you better believe it. You think I'm wearing clothes? <laughs> think again, you idiot. I am butt naked, dripping with the oils from head to tippity toe, browning up just nicely. Back's getting all nice and leathery under this beautiful sunshine weather we here have at the PIRC. We have a roughly 38 million people coming in minimum on this 78-mile-long glorious circuit here today. Doris, our 106-year-old cleaning lady, is on her hands and knees where she feels most comfortable scrubbing every inch of it. So as you enter the arena, grab yourself a double Midori on ice, complimentary, of course. Thanks for that, Klaus. He's put them around every single section, so just grab on. Enjoy it. Sit back. Have some fun with it. Yeah? And remember... If you also misplace your Fermi and you stumble across someone else's, don't hesitate. Don't sit back and think, oh, what? I don't know if I should be, I don't know what to do. Just park it on up in there as it is the Park It In My Fermi Show, the number one comedy F1 podcast in the entire cosmos. According to my mum. Never wrong, this woman. Never, ever wrong. We've got all the news, opinions, discussions, results, reviews, previews, love, triangles, a bit of Dutch strong Grand Prix talk, and more. Episode 191 coming at you hard and fast, but don't be soft and slow. If you've missed out the previous 190, just head over to the greatest website in the entire cosmos that doesn't contain two girls and one cup yet. Park it in my fairmate.com. Or better yet, look down at that podcast listening advice. Just do it for a second right now. Have a look. See that subscribe and follow button? Tickle it. Just give it a little light, gentle slap and tickle, yeah? Just, just, oh, just a little bit of, just, yeah. Oh, yeah, oh. And if you do that, you get to be the first in the world to hear this. My sexy, soothing, smooth sounds three times a week and there ain't a damn thing wrong. We're getting down and dirty in the slot, rolling around, looking for a little slap and tickle with the Gordopotamus three times a week. No, 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 no. Other shows, one, two times a week, tops. Not Goldie. <laughs> Not here at the PIIMF Pimp Show. We bring it three times a week, baby. Woo! Nothing wrong with three times a week indeed. But what the hell are we going to talk about today? Well, we've got the Dutch Grand Prix preview. That's going to come up first. Then I've got some stats of the week that'll blow your damn mind. After that, though, I'm going to have a little bit of a chat about Daniel Ricciardo and about his time. We're going to put his time at McLaren this year under the microscope and just see if he deserves all the hate that he's getting because I don't think he does. We've got Cordy's top five bold predictions for the race weekend as well as the look of the week. And you don't want to miss out on that. That's where you guys can make a whole bunch of cash by taking my bets and predictions down to the bookies, doubling, tripling it, doing whatever you need. So all I say to you right now is climb into the massage chairs, overlooking the pit straight. Use the cup holders. Yeah, maybe put on the fan to keep yourself nice and cool. Or if it's too cold, put the heater on. Because we have heated seats here for you. It's all padded, of course. Yes, extra leg room. Because that's what we do here at the PIRC. The Pimpfit to our Racing Circuit. We take care of you. Sit back, relax. And let's enjoy the show. And it is double Dutch delight for Max Verstappen, who crosses the line to win the Dutch Grand Prix. Tiesto waves the flag. Turn up to the max. Listen to that roar. That is a really, really mature drive. Oh, what a present to your fans. Very good. 
Well done, mate. That was epic. That was epic. You've won your home race. You were brilliant today. Enjoy this lap and enjoy the podium. Uh, thank you very much, guys. Amazing strategy. We were really, really sharp today. And uh, <laughs> nice pushing 72 laps here. I love it. <laughs> Great job, guys. Make sure you like the socials at Park It In My Ferme on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Oh, that is exactly what you need to do. Go ahead and like those socials. Now, look, I mean, I'm not going to dive too far into the whole Dutch Grand Prix preview because really, it's only the second race we've had there in, in recent history. Right now, Max Verstappen's on another level. So what am I previewing? What am I saying to you? Oh, uh, Max Verstappen's going to win by country mile. Yeah, because that's what's going to happen. There's not too much else to it. But there are a few things that I do want to bring up. Because one, I mean, I like the fact they've got artificial uh, gravel there. I like it that they've stuck down the gravel with some sort of resin there. So it doesn't go up on the track. There's not a, no more red flags for that reason, at least. And that is, that's a good thing. I've been calling for it. And I don't think I'm alone in saying this needs to be done elsewhere as well. Artificial turf, artificial gravel needs to be used to deter drivers from going off the track. Track limits is still something that comes up every second race and we need to address it. But that's what they're doing right here. Artificial gravel. I love it. But we're going to be talking about Zandvoort itself. Now, this is a track that's going to be suiting Ferrari more than it did in Spa. Okay, now will they have the advantage over the Red Bulls? God, no. No, not a chance in hell. Max Verstappen and Checo, 1-2 confirmed. It's a unique circuit in a sense that where there's only really one true straight, which is uh, really that start-finish straight along the pit wall there. The rest of it is a track where the drivers are constantly under pressure and need to be switched on. It's non-stop turns, weaves. Even though a lot of it can be done full out, full throttle, it's still a lot of turning, a lot of demanding circuitry right there. It is. It's quite demanding. But will it be enough to throw Red Bull off its winning ways? God, no. Not even a chance. Red Bull are winning this race. But now let's talk about the rest of the field because that's where some of the interest can be. Here's some things you can expect from the Dutch Grand Prix. First of all, there will be an appearance from Jackie Stewart, again with someone too, too young for him. Incredibly young, maybe even just legal. Amazing shots of Holland's gorgeous countryside and the Orange Army then ruining that view with a bajillion flares that are set off. That's what's going to happen. And there are a few big key points we need to take away, well, need to look at before going into the race weekend. Because it's, it, we're going to look at the circus that is the Oscar Piastri versus Alpine. And Oscar Piastri's got McLaren accompanying him to the ring, ready for that fight, the manager. We need to look at that still, because that hasn't been solved. The contract's court is still in session over that one there. So that's going to be very interesting to see whether or not, you know, an announcement will happen. What's going on? Rumors are McLaren are going to announce something this weekend. That would be it. They have no other announcements they can make. Another thing we need to look at going into this weekend, Ferrari and Mercedes forms. Because Mercedes were off the pace by miles in Spa. 1.8 seconds off the pace in Quali. We heard it. Yes, we heard it. Klaus, roll it. Okay, listen, so that's a P7. How far are we off? Uh, yeah, so 1.8 to the stack of 1.8 seconds. 
See, they were slow. Hamilton stayed all night trying to fix it to no avail because he was out first lap, five corners in. Two corners, three corners. I don't even know. He was out very quickly when Alonso and him came together. Ferrari, though, not only were they off the pace, I mean, they were pretty good, but over a race distance, it's like their car, like I've said all year long, they have built the car just for qualifying, and that's it. They don't give two shits about the race. They need to be interested in the race as well. That's where you make the money. That's where the points are. All right? So Ferrari, again, will probably qualify on the front row. They'll probably have Chuckles LeCluckles on the front row with Verstappen. That's probably what's going to happen. But, you know, 10 laps into the race, Ferrari are going to probably pit him for wets on a dry track, and it will be dead last. That's the Ferrari way. Another thing we need to look at this weekend that's going to rear its ugly head is the fan behavior. That atmosphere is going to be incredible. It is a sight to behold. It will be amazing to look at on the screens if you can see anything between the red, uh, the orange mist. But remember the last time that big orange army contingent went out to a racetrack? It was Austria. What happened there? Booing crashes of drivers before we know they're okay. Sexual assault allegations. Yeah? As well as abusive and disruptive behavior from them. So that needs to be nipped in the bud. That needs to be looked at and gone, all right, this shit can't happen anymore. If it does, the Orange Army is going to be banned. A lot of those a lot of those fans need to be banned from the sport if that is something that's going to continue to happen. It's just a couple of bad eggs, I know. A couple of bad eggs that ruin it for the whole lot. But that's what it is. That's what happens. You know? Because Susan can't do cocaine without killing herself means the rest of us can't do cocaine just for fun fuck you Susan you're better than that alright but who's gonna look good out there clearly it's gonna be Max Max and only Max because Max Max yeah. Max Super Max Max Super Super Max 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 Super Max Max Super Super Max Max Super Max because he's super Perez will be okay as well. He'll be up there. He'll probably be finishing P2 is my prediction. Hamilton and Russell are going to have a strong outing also. Ferrari will cock it up because that's just the Ferrari thing to do. I think actually they're going to be pretty quick in qualifying. But when it comes to the race, they're just going to do something stupid. But the teams that are going to struggle big time are your Aston Muns. Big surprise there. Are your Williams. Yeah, no shit. Fucking hell. And McLaren. No shockers there really. McLaren are going to have a horrible, horrible outing this weekend. They had a horrible outing in Zandvoort last year, and they were actually half decent last year. They just won't be quick enough. Both McLarens will finish outside of the points at Zandvoort. That is a coolie guarantee, and that may appear in my top five a little bit later on. But that's just a little cheeky preview. It's going to be an interesting race weekend. It is the meat in between the sandwich that is the triple header right now. So it will be very, very interesting indeed to see what happens. But in terms of who's winning this race, well, now, really, we're all just sitting here watching this going, can Max catch Seb Vettel's record? That's what we're all doing now because no one's catching him. If he doesn't DNF, if he doesn't just have a little micro-sleep from being bored shitless out the front, he's winning this race easy, hands down. He'll be paying a dollar one. You're not going to get anything back. Just put all your money right now on Max to win this race. It's as good as that. You're going to have to... Do a little parlay, a little bit of a multi, and I'll, I'll run through my top five a little bit later on. But what do you guys think? 
Do you have any thoughts on this weekend? Let me know on the socials. Have parking in my family. Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. But now, it's time for your stat of the week. I'm a stat man. Formula One stat man. Cody's a stat man. Yeah, stats. Uh, I'm a stat man. Oh, yeah. So much stats. So many stats. I don't know if this intro is even long enough. There's that many stats. Uh, stats, stats, stats. Yeah. Ooh, so many stats. Uh, I'm a stat man. Oh, I am a stat man. And I got some bangers for you today. Let's talk about winning margins. But not just winning margins, because we've done that recently. But winning margins or someone starting outside the top 10. Yeah? What's the biggest winning margin for someone starting outside the top 10? Because the second biggest all-time was Max Verstappen at the Belgium Grand Prix in Spa 2022. 17.841 seconds, his winning margin. But there's another. Hungary, 2006. Jensen Button. Yes, the Jensen Button finished... 30.837 seconds ahead of anyone else to win from starting 10th. Insane. How's that for a stat? Oh, you want some more? I don't blame you. Let's go. Stats, 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 Everybody! Stats, 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 Removing sprint race points. Chuckles LeCluckles, Charles Leclerc, actually has less points in 2022 after round 14 than he did in 2019. 172 versus 182. I don't know if that's really a surprise. The car wasn't as good last year. But thoughts? Like, I mean, he's got a much better car. He should have a lot more points. Uh, I mean, we sort of know that. It's not really a good start. All right, all right I'll give you another. Stats, 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 number three. It's coming your way. Stats, 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 He won a championship without scoring in six of the 16 races that year. Over a third of the races that year, he didn't score in. Schumacher was nuts that season. He DNF'd twice. He got disqualified twice and was banned from two races. So he scored no points in six of those 16s and still won over Hill who started every single race. Of the 10 races that Michael finished, he won eight of them. And the other two were second places. He was a fucking monster, a superstar. And here are the races he didn't finish. Britain Grand Prix, uh, disqualified from second place following a very hilarious black flag fiasco, if you remember that one. Germany retired from P2 with an engine issue, was chasing the leading Ferrari of Berger at the time. Belgium disqualified after winning with a 13-second margin after excessive wear was found on the skid plank under the car. Australia was famous. His DNF there when he collided with Hill, was leading the race, collided, went into the wall. 
And um, yeah, so if he kept all those positions, at the very least, you're looking at three more second places and another win. At the very least, he would have finished with nine wins, five second places out of the 16 races. That's how dominant Schumacher's 1994 season was. Didn't even have to do it over a third of the races. Still got the job done. How's that? Or your stat of the week. Bada bada bee, ba 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 bo. He's a stat man. Ooh, that was a good stat. The best. Yeah, such a good stat. Such a, such a good stat. You know it was. He's a stat man. Hey, let's go on with the show. Cool, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Ba ba da ba dee, ba 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 da bo. Ba 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 da bo, ba da ba dee, ba 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 da bo. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right, gather around, Uncle Cody. Now, gather around. We need to have a little chat about our man, the chosen one. Big Dick Danny Rick, give your girl a bone. Darren Avocado, Daniel Oluquiado. Yes, I can't roll my R's, and yes, it pisses me off. Let's have a look at his season so far with McLaren, because right now everyone's going, oh, he's the worst. He's washed up. He's no good. He needs to just retire. He needs to go away. He's got his money. Why is he not just fuck off? He's the worst ever. What are they doing with him there? Shut the fuck up. That's Danny Rick you're talking about. You show some respect. Because I tell you what, if we have a look at this season so far, I mean, you can't put all the blame on Danny Rick. You can't put all the blame at all on Big Dick Danny Rick. Start with round one, Bahrain. He finished 14th. Both McLarens are absolutely rubbish in that race. Ricardo finishes ahead of Norris. Yeah? Ricardo beats Norris round one with a P14. Jeddah. Remember what happened in Jeddah? Ricardo got a DNF. He was well ahead of Norris again on merit. No other issues. But then the gearbox failed. So it was a mechanical error. Not Ricardo's. So, so far, first two races, Ricardo beats Norris. Ricardo beating Norris again, and the car fails. Next, Australia, sixth. Qualified behind Norris, but was clearly faster during the race than team ordered to hold station despite Norris developing an engine issue. Yeah? So Ricardo finishes behind Norris again, and it's only because of team orders. All right, so that's three races where Ricardo has been better than Norris. Imola, 18th. Qualifying did fuck up his, his, you know, got a little fuck up there with the red flag timings. And McLaren only sending him for one single run. Drove pretty well in the sprint race, however. Made a mistake in turn one that wiped out Carlos Sainz, for which he apologized. That was, I mean, a bit of a strategy fuck up. And it was also a Ricardo fuck up. And also Norris, with a few DNFs happening, Norris got himself up into P3 during the race. Well done, Norris. I don't hate on Norris. A lot of you think I hate on Norris, but I don't. But it was around this point here that that's when the media started muttering, started churning, starting to have a little chat going, oh, the honey badger's not that good after all. Why are they paying him all this money? But if you look at it, 
three out of those four races. Danny Rick's been better than Norris. And you all love Norris. Oh, yeah, you, he reminds you of your grandson. You want to hold him and kiss him. Because I do. Let's move on to Miami. He finished in P13. In Q2, he suffered a gear selection issue and returns to the garage. The issue is fixed, but his car cannot be restarted. When it finally is, Ricardo has a has to burn the new tires and his battery storage just to get to the line for a flying lap, meaning he has nothing left for the lap. Poor strategy again means he can't make up ground in the race. Andreas Seidel actually apologizes to Ricardo after the weekend because of a mechanical failure and a strategy fail. So I'm not going to blame him for that one either. Second to Barcelona, Catalunya now. Spanish Grand Prix he finishes P12, out qualifies Norris. In the race, suffers from an immediate lack of grip. Two days after the race, McLaren discovered that the rear end of the car was broken. This information is hidden in the bottom of the press release, likely because yeah, it was, you know, Ricardo's not meeting expectations. We need an excuse to get rid of him. This is when Zach Brown starts running his fucking mouth too, after Spain. Zach Brown starts saying, uh, yeah, he's not doing as well as, we, as he should. Well, I don't know. He's doing better than Norris in most of these races and the ones he aren't, the other one's fucking it up. Monaco up next. He finishes P13. He runs these streets, surely. I mean, what's the excuse? He crashed out in practice, trying to push for a faster lap. Seidel then states that the car had set up issues, but Monaco being Monaco, he couldn't make up any ground in the race, especially when McLaren leave him out too long on the dead intermediate tyres. But again... I mean, I'm not, I'm not really going to put blame. That is a Ricardo error. That's not, I don't think it's anything to do with the strategy. Yeah, they could have been better, but Ricardo fucked up anyway. In the Azerbaijan Grand Prix, Baku, he finished P8. He's clearly faster than Norris during that first section of the race on the medium tyres and warns the team he is going to be caught by the Alva Tauri chasing if he cannot get ahead of him. Ricardo is team ordered to hold position so that Norris can undercut Alonso. Despite this clearly ruining Big Dick Denny Rick's race, not only does Norris fail to undercut, undercut Alonso, Ricardo is eaten up by the Alpha Tauris, as expected later. Later in the race, when the roles were reversed, McLaren consider ordering Ricardo to allow Norris past to try and chase Alonso, only reluctantly admitting that they did not have enough laps to switch back. Norris throws a tantrum on the radio. We all remember that and told to hold station. That's another strategy fail, another team orders issue. Canada's next, P11. He qualified P9. But the McLaren's lack of power on the straights is evident for both drivers. Both drivers failed there. McLaren managed to make a meal of both pit stops and after the safety car, Ricardo has brake problems, dropping him out of the points, finished ahead of Norris in that race. But I mean... That's all on McLaren. I'm not even giving Norris any issues or grief there. They, McLaren fucked that up for both drivers. We're in Britain now at Silverstone, the British Grand Prix. He finished P13, had a superb start in the initial start there, but he fucked it up during the second start. His DRS failed partway through the race, rendering him powerless to attack the Haas's, which have got ahead in the stops. Mechanical failure again for Danny Rick. Austria P9 eliminating Q1 for the sprint, so not a bad result in the end. Seidel admits that both Ricardo and Norris had reliability issues in qualifying and that Ricardo's struggles during the season were partly McLaren's fault. They fucking were. The McLaren struggled with speed during the sprint and ended up 11 and 12th. 
During the sprint, both McLarens were at no man's land and Ricardo asked to be allowed to see if he was faster and switch back. If not, the request was straight up ignored. Ricardo got a better jump at the start of the main race and battled Norris for most of the first lap. However, as soon as Norris was ahead, it was ordered to hold position. So again, mechanical failures, team orders. France, P9. Pipped at the post by eight one hundredths of a second by Sonoda to get eliminated in Q2, despite both Magnussen and Sainz being required to start at the back and not bothering to set a time in Q3. Spent most of the race ably holding off Ocon, Sloppy Oki, and then Lance Stroll, despite the clear pace advantage of the Alpines. But there was no issues, no team orders. So that's uh, that ninth is a ninth. It happens. Hungry, he was P15. Qualified ninth and drove the first part of the race very well, including a spectacular two-car overtake on the Alpines. You remember that? Oh, oh my God. I'm, I'm fully chubbed right now thinking about it. Then, despite a multitude of data showing that the hard tyres were trash, and Ricardo's own request, he finishes the race to use the mediums. He was then switched onto the hards at the last stop. Yeah, Ricardo wanted the mediums. The data shows the mediums were better than the hards, so the team put him on the hards. Unlike his teammate who was stopped into clear air, Ricardo was dropped into the middle of the battle with Stroll on cold hards. He locked up and hit Stroll, earning a five-second penalty. He was unable to turn the hards on like everyone else and could not make up ground. Another strategy issue, a slight error to Ricardo, but a big-time strategy issue there for McLaren. Summer break happens. All the shitstorm happened. So all that bullshit is now clouding his judgment, getting into his head. What's he thinking about? What is going on? You know, because then we go to Spa. We're in the Belgium Grand Prix. P15 suffered a failure of a new low drag rear wing during practice, forcing him to run a higher drag wing during qualifying and the race misses Q3 by a couple of thousandths. Both McLaren struggled for pace during the race, clearly inferior in top speed. The most obvious example of this was Ricardo unable to close in on Albon through the DRS zones. Towards the end of the race, though, McLaren gives Norris the undercut on his teammate despite Ricardo being ahead and faster. So there was another mechanical error. Car speed in general. I mean, Norris, Norris, you know, he had a good race there. I'm not blaming him either. So what could we take down from this? Namely, that McLaren have had a much bigger impact on Ricardo's results this season than either they or the F1 media would like to admit. We're not hearing Danny Rick say McLaren's fucking this up because he's the bigger, better man. McLaren need to come out and say we're fucking this up. We're the ones making the errors here. Right? If we didn't do this to this car, if we didn't have mechanical issues left, right, and center, if we pit him at the right time, put him on the right tires, he's the guinea pig for Lando Norris. That's what's happening. And now they're going, oh, well, Ricardo doesn't have that pace anymore. Many of the mechanical issues on Ricardo's car were not significant enough to cause a DNF, but were significant enough to cause a lack of pace. McLaren's strategy team have had nearly a, as bad a year as Ferrari's, but no one's talking about that. No one's talking about that. This is why Ferrari are doing better than McLaren because they just, if they weren't ahead, they wouldn't be copying the scrutiny that they are. If McLaren were in the same position as Ferrari, every week, every decision they put will be put under the microscope and we'll be making fun sitting back and laughing at them. 
Now, I didn't expect this to sway many opinions. I don't think what I said here will have a majority of a of swaying you guys over to the Ricardo's right. But Ricardo is is good. He's not washed. Yes, some of these are excuses. That's what I'm going to hear. Oh, you're just making excuses. And Ricardo, I'll be the first one to say, Danny Rick not driving that well this year. Lando Norris driving a lot better. I will say that. But you cannot put all the blame on big dick Danny Rick this season. He has not been as bad as the media make him out to be. Right? McLaren need to own up to it. McLaren need to put their hands up and say, yeah, hold on, we fucked up a lot of those. I just thought it'd be nice to break it down. Nice to actually look at it race by race. Well, what do you guys think? Let me know on the socials at Parker in my Fermi Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. But Klaus, whew, I'm just getting started, baby. I'm getting started because we got the Dutch Grand Prix coming up. I gotta go get my clogs. I gotta go get some Heineken. Can you please pe- keep the people entertained? I'll be back in a second. generations people would watch cars go by until they finally wanted them to go by fast racing was then born and who was going to talk about all the racing why Caldi, of course welcome to the pocket in my Ferme show the number one comedy f1 podcast in the world here's your host Caldi. oh baby baby what a first half that was. We had a small little cheeky breakdown of what's going to happen at the Dutch Grand Prix. I wanted to rant a little bit about my boy, Big Dick Danny Rick, because he ain't as bad as what you're all saying. And I gave you stats of the week that'll blow your damn mind, but don't go anywhere. Because coming up, we've got a Crofty's Love Files, as well as Cody's Top 5 Bowl Predictions and the Lock of the Week, and you want to stick by for that. You want to see that. And make sure you subscribe and follow on your podcast listening device, because on Monday... We'll be breaking down everything that happened over the race weekend from the Dutch Grand Prix and start getting you ready for the remainder of the season. Can Max break the record? I don't know. I'm clearly rambling though, Klaus. Fade me up, baby. Fade me up. Make sure you like the socials at Park It In My Ferme on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Oh, that's exactly right. You go ahead and you like those socials. You do it right now. Don't tease me. Don't trick me. Just go and like them. Do it. Yes. Like the memes, please. Comment. Tell me how much you love a good double Midori on ice on the next one. And, and I'll give you a little love heart because that means a lot that I know you're listening. And if you slide into the DMs, I'll have my arms wide open ready to catch you. You're not going to hurt yourself. But now, how about we get ready for a little bit of a, uh, I don't know, Crofty's love fire. Well, we're back again, aren't you? Some lucky cherubs and muffins because it's time to settle in. For another Crofty's Love Files, will he be able to find Anita Dick in me? Is he going to be able to catch up with Toto Wolf? And what the hell is he going to be doing down at the chicane? We'll find out in this episode of Crofty's Love Files. just laid there in a state of bliss after getting down and dirty with a last name Wilma Wilma Fingerdo mm. 
and her finger do just fine. The room filled with smoke like it was a Haas garage after one of Mick's cars is being brought back after yet another crash. We were smoking some Malbros to celebrate creating something so wonderful and beautiful on the desk in my office, but I didn't have time to think of the millions of ways she sent tingles through my body. No, 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 no. There was a woman missing. Toto Wolf had kidnapped her and it was up to me to stop him and save this poor girl. Her name? Oh, baby. Anita. Anita Dick in me. I put the cigarette out on the desk and got dressed as Wilma admired me. She liked the view. She couldn't look away and I don't blame her one bit as I'm David fucking Croft. I left the office and went down the street. It was raining like the start of Monaco, but there wasn't a red flag in sight, baby. I continued a couple of blocks south to the Chicane, the club that was run by Christian Horner where the drinks flowed all night and so did the dames. There was the usual lineup out front, dozens of people begging to get in. I didn't have to worry one bit. When they see me coming, they make sure I get in and Crofty never had a problem getting in at all. Oh, baby. Hmm. See, Christian met me at the door like I was Max Verstappen and I'd just won another race. I was afraid to hug him for fear that his stiff front wing would dig into me. Ah, Mr. Croft, we have saved your usual booth for you up the front. And one of your favourites will be performing tonight. I think you'll like what she's wearing. <laughs> Christian Horner said as he led me to the private booth. Like he was a safety car starting out a drizzly Monaco. He signalled to the bar staff to get me a double Midori on ice. Just ready, just the way I like it. They knew my drink at the chicane. It was one of the reasons I kept coming back. The other was a little number that was on the stage. Mm. Oh, baby. A hush went over the crowd like it was the start of a Grand Prix. A single spotlight lit up the stage and there she was in a gold dress that looked like it was painted on like the sponsor's stickers. It was Barry. Barry Makokina. And I've dreamt of that many times. The double Midori was brought to me as Barry grasped that microphone firmly with both hands. I sat there taking a swig, wishing she'd get a firm grasp of me the way she did that microphone. She started to sing and the straight away it just took me. It hit me. The angelic tones mesmerizing me. She sent me into a trance. She made her way off stage and through the crowd like she was Martin Brundle doing a gridwalk and the next thing I know, she was only a few feet from me. It was like I was the only one in the room and she was singing the song just for me. I wanted nothing more than to pull her into my arms and rip off that dress right there before throwing her down onto the table and making sweet love to her all night long. But out of the corner of my eye, I saw Toto Wolf. He was making his way from the dressing room out the back of the chicane and to the exit of the room. I was torn. Do I go after him in hopes that it would lead me to Anita Dick and me? Or wait for Barry McCock and her to continue to serenade me? You know I waited. I just need to let her finish because after all, I was hoping she'd let me do the same. A little bit later on, baby, baby. She continued to sing and make her way through the room and the crowd erupted when she hit that high note just right at the end. She finished up and walked backstage. I followed closely like I was... The 12 or so drivers behind Alonso at Monica. I swung the door open and she was standing there in that tight gold dress looking at herself in the mirror. She suddenly pulled a gun from nowhere and had it pointed square at my head. She wanted to take me out like she was a wall and I was Nicholas Latifi. What are you doing, Barry? I asked, cautiously continuing towards her. You stop right there. Please stop. 
tried to pay me a lot of money. He told me about the horrible things that you've done. You took her, didn't you? You kidnapped Anita Dick and me, didn't you? Barry said, trembling with fear. No, you've got it all wrong, Barry. You've got it all wrong. Wilma Fingerdo came to me and she told me that Toto had kidnapped her and taken her away. I'm here to get answers. To get to Toto myself, you need to help me find him. We can save Anita Dick and me. Bury my cock in her. Please help. I said, pleading with her as I continued slowly towards her. I grabbed the gun out of her hand. Well, we can't have something like that going off now, can we? She giggled and then pulled me in to give me a kiss. I slowly slid her dress down while taking the gun and I shot the light switch, making the room go pitch black. Well, I guess it's lights out and away we go. Well, it looked like Crofty had himself a little slap and tickle fun there in the dressing room with Barry McCockiner. And I'm sure he did. But will he ever catch up to Toto Wolf? Will Barry be able to help him out? And will they ever find Dixie Normus and Anita Dickimmy? Find out next time in Crofty's Live Files. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Well, we've got a race coming up this weekend. So without further ado, we need to do what we do every single weekend. And that is Cody's Ooh. Top 5. Class, you're on today. This is Cody's Top 5 Bowl Predictions for the Dutch Grand Prix. Now, this is what, you're, this is what I want you all to do right now. All right, I want you to turn around. I want you to run as hard as you can, butt naked. That's the only way to really get the arms swinging, the adrenaline flowing, aerodynamic. I love it. Grab yourself a pen and paper. Write these down because this is what you're then going to do. Head over to your bank. Borrow $55 million from them. Take all that cash in singles over to your bookie and say, look, I want to do a parlay. I'm going to do a little bit of a multi on Cody's top five bowl predictions for the race weekend because I'm telling you right now, this is how you make some money because without further ado, let's jump right in. Cody's top five. Cody's top five. Bowl predictions for the Dutch Grand Prix number five. There will be three safety cars and a red flag in the race. Yes. It is going to happen. We're going to have three safety cars. I'm telling you right now, that gravel that they've put the resin down with stuck it down with ain't gonna do shit driver's gonna hit it they're gonna slide off into a wall or they're gonna actually lodge out some more gravel that's what's gonna happen there'll be a red flag there'll be some safety cars you can take that one to the bank guaranteed moving on number four Cody's top five nicholas latifi yes the nicholas latifi he gets a dnf because he's Nicholas Latifi. Number three. Cody's top five. Big D, Danny Rick and Lando Norris in the bottom 10. Both are going to be outside the points. That's not even that bold. How's this? 
Danny Rick, bottom three. Yes. Yes. Number two. Cody's top five. Lewis Hamilton. Sir Lewis Hamilton to you, you scum. He's going to be back on the podium, get himself a nice little cheeky trophy in Zandvoort. And finally, number one. Cody's top five. Carlos Sainz, the smooth operator. Cloud. Oh, fuck. He DNFs in the fake gravel because that's a Carlos Sainz thing to do. How's that for? Cody's top five. I mean, they're just bang, bang, bang. I'm firing him out. So that's three safety cars and a red flag. Latifi gets a DNF. Big Dick Danny Rick in the bottom three, calling it. But both McLarens outside the points. Little, little part A, part B. Lewis Hamilton back on the podium. And Carlos Sainz DNS in the fake gravel. But now it's time for your look of the week. Klaus, help me. Klaus, help. Don't stand there. Take your hands out of your pants. Come on, just help me move this. Oh my God. What's the code again? Joris, what's the code? Oh, it, it's opening. It's all right. Oh, hurry up. Cody's luck of the week. Oh, yeah. Well, look at it. Have a look at it right there. I'll just reach in and grab it. Yeah. And the luck of the week. This is the one where there's no doubt, no shadow of a doubt whatsoever. It'll be Max Verstappen wins but wins by a shitload, at least by five seconds or more. That's being generous. That is Cody's top five and the lock of the week. So it's three safety cars and a red flag. Latifi DNF, Danny Rick bottom three, but both McLarens out of the points. Hamilton back on the podium. Carlos Sainz DNF in the fake gravel because he's Carlos Sainz. Max wins by a country mile. How's that? Woo! Money made all round. But ladies and gentlemen, I told you it was short, sharp, and shiny today. I told you it would be. That's going to do it for episode 191. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you head over to parkingitbyfurbay.com if you've missed out on any of the previous episodes, as well as uh, maybe if you want to um, pick yourself up something nice. Head over to the merch store. Use podcast exclusive five. Give you 5% off with your free worldwide shipping. Whew. We got some nice merch out there. I, I love that pimp embroidered silk robe. It looks bellissimo. You're going to be dripping in that sex appeal if you put one of those on. And if you want a little bit more than 5% off on my cherubs and muffins, you sign up. Join the Patreon's Legends Club. You have a look up there. Turn around. Look up in the skybox. That's the Legends Lounge. That's where the legends get to sit around. They get 25% off. Unlimited double Midoris on ice. Sliding into the DMs of the Cultopotamus. I'm sliding right into their DMs. We're going back and forth. Nothing but dick pics and muscle pics. Because that's what we do here at Parking In My Ferme. It gets, it gets pretty weird. It does get weird. Yes. And just know that any money I get through the Patreon, patreon.com slash parkinginmyferme, gets filtered back into the show to make it bigger, better, bolder, stronger than ever. So to my cherubs, my muffins, and of course the legends, Alex, Anthony, Caleb, Clint, John, and Taylor, you guys are the greatest people alive. I just got to say this. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. Ch -ch 
That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, only prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.